Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. Morning, church. Morning, morning, morning. It's been, um, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while since, since I've been here. There's some new faces. Um, count yourself lucky you've never had to hear me speak before before today. And to those of you who have heard me before, I apologize. I, I don't know why Rob says, actually, I say I don't know why. That's not true. Actually, I should tell you the context. Um, I, was, I was at home um, and uh, I've got a friend of mine who lives with me who's also a Christian. And it was, it was a really strange thing. God really just put on my heart in a, in a particular moment to pray. He said, you know, call him, call your wife and you guys should pray together. He's a Christian, but we've never, done, I mean, obviously I've prayed with my wife before, but I've, ne- I've never had this feeling. And so I called him and we started praying. And as we're praying, God says to me, you're to do a teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. And he put two people on my heart. He said, there's, two, there's these two pastors you're to reach out to and say to them, you was on my heart. And so we finished praying. And I say to my wife, hey, you know, this is what God said to me. And so, and one of them was Pastor Robson. And so I pick up my phone to text him. And he had texted me while we're praying, saying, you know, come and do this thing on the gifts of the Spirit. Um, and I think, this is crazy. This is crazy. I'm, and my wife kind of reminded me, but, but with me, this is how things are with God. I think God, God always keeps me in a place of wonder. You know, of wonder and awe at, at his power. Um, and and there was another, there was, so, and there was this other pastor, and, and I went to do some stuff with them as well. So I really do feel that this is uh, a godly uh, moment. That this is that this is God's desire for you, for me, for the church, for us at this moment. Um, and and so I'm I'm quite I'm quite pleased. I'm quite pleased by that. So, what are we doing? Uh, is this going to work? Yes, it is. Cool. So, uh, discovering your spiritual gift and acting on the gifts of the Spirit. I didn't name the conference. If I had, I will probably have named it something a bit smaller. Uh, but <laughs> but this, is, this, is what we are, this is what we're going to be doing. Um, these are our five topics. And the first two are in bold, not because they're more important, but because it's what I'm going to be covering. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit, and learning and developing a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that second, that second one was, was quite interesting for me because um, whenever I preach anything, the first person I must preach it to is myself. Yeah? If, I, if I'm going to share something, I must, I must preach it to myself. And, and, and I've done, I've, I've, I've spoken to you about that before. Um, and so it made me think, do I have a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit? You know, am, am I qualified to speak about learning and developing a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit? Um, and we will, we, will, we will come to that. So these, these are two things that I'm going to be speaking about this morning. And I've helpfully got the program here to make sure I don't run over because running over my allotted time runs in my blood. You know, it's, it's, it's something that's very easy for me to do. Um, unfortunately, my wife is not here today. I rely on my wife because she keeps me, she keeps me in check, like every good wife should. 
she keeps me, she keeps me in check and, and she always reminds me when I'm going to speak, she always reminds me, you know, you've got to introduce yourself. Oh, you're speaking too fast. Oh, you're speaking too slow and so on and so forth. You know, uh, a less experienced husband might call it nagging, but, but I know, I know better. Um, so, <laughs> so in, in light of that, uh, just as I said, I know there's some, some new faces. Uh, my name is Michael, uh, Michael Cardozo. I'm a lecturer over at Middlesex University. I lecture in, in leadership and business and management. These are my areas. I'm doing my PhD at the moment. I'm doing my PhD on leadership, leadership in churches. I'm really interested in leadership. I run my own consulting consultancy firm. I do a lot of work on leadership and teamwork and all this kind of stuff. Um, I am. I, I, I think I'm. I'm a very non-traditional, non-conventional Christian, um, and and I always find it very bizarre when I speak somewhere and they invite me to come back. I think, why? Why, why would you do that? Um, because I, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't go to church as, 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 a, as a child. Um, in fact, I became a Christian really in my mid-20s. I became a Christian as an adult. And because I'm an academic, everything I do is logical. Yep, everything is, is, has to make sense. And so in becoming a Christian, my, a, lot of my a lot of my students are really offended at the idea that I'm a Christian because they say, you know, when they write their essays, I always fail them. I say, there's no evidence for this and so on. And I say, yet you go off and you believe in this God. And where's the evidence for that? Um, um, so, so, yes, everything I do is about, is, is about being logical and, and so on and so forth. And you'll see that through the slides today is I, I like to have an order. And so what I want to do is explain... To us, I want us to have an understanding or a better understanding of, of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. Um, and then, having understood that, we'll then go on and, and do some of this other stuff. And I hope to leave us in a good place for, for Paul to take over to then talk about, you know, the move of the Holy Spirit in and through the, in the, in and through the church, and then the gifts of the Spirit, and finally discovering your own gift and, and acting on that. Um, I am very scripture heavy, um, and I make no apologies for that. I think it is absolutely crucial that everything I say can be challenged. Okay, um, I would rather I would rather you disagreed with me because you've considered it than you've just heard something and agreed with it but not considered it. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm very scripture heavy, and also because I think it's really important when we read scripture to read around the scripture. Yeah, say so, you know, anyone can just quote a scripture. You know, oh, that sounds amazing, but but you need to understand the context within which it's it's found. Um, so these are some of the the scriptures we're going to be starting with, and then going from there. Let me begin by reading one of them. I'm going to read John, uh, John. 14. John 14, um, from verse 15. Uh, the context here is this is Jesus speaking uh, to, to, to his disciples. And it says, if you love me, keep my commands. You know, last time I spoke here, I didn't have a beard. And I feel like my beard is rubbing the microphone. It's not? All oh, right, I feel, I feel, oh, did I? Oh, right. I thought maybe I just had the... I can't remember when last I was here. I used to have hair on my head. It's hard to believe, but I did. I did, I did, I did. I, I, I mourned when I, when I cut my afro off. 
uh, until I went to, until, what church? I, think, I think it was this church. I came to this church, first time I came to this church when I cut my hair. And uh, some of the older ladies greeted me with more enthusiasm than they ever had before. Oh, you look so much better now. <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, all this time they thought I looked homeless or something, but they didn't want to say. Um, uh, so anyway, in the scripture, so that's not what the scripture says. Uh, in the scripture, <clears throat> It says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I just want to pause there a second. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives, for he lives with you and will be in you. You know... One of the things I believe about receiving the Holy Spirit, about knowing the Holy Spirit, about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, is that you are setting yourself up for a lifetime of rejection. Okay? You are setting yourself up for a lifetime of rejection. Why is that? It's because we live in a context, and the context we live in is the world. We live in the world. And we live in a world that doesn't know the Holy Spirit. And quite frankly, doesn't want to know the Holy Spirit. In fact, the world cannot know him. The world cannot accept him. Yeah? And so if we say that we, the Holy Spirit or, or something of the Spirit is in us, essentially what we're saying is that there's something in us that the world cannot accept. Does that make sense? Yeah? If all your life you find that you're around non-believers and you never, uh, the way you live never challenges them. Yeah? that they never reject what you're saying, that they never push back, then actually that is a sign that you are yourself living as a non-believer. Does that make sense? Yeah? It, it must be, if I am different to the world, it must be that there's some sort of clash, some sort of friction, some sort of challenge. Yeah? But if all the time what I want to do is what they want to do, yeah? and when I say something, they say, oh, I was just thinking that, yeah? and all the time it's, it's all in one accordance, then there's a problem, yeah? Your unity, where I find unity and accordance ought to be with people who have a like-minded spirit, people who have the Holy Spirit with them. But this tells me, this tells me that the world cannot accept him. And so therefore, and by the way, I'm not saying now you should go off and try and find excuses to rub people up the wrong way so that they can reject you. Oh, I've got the spirit in me. You know, <laughs> it's not, not, not quite like that. Um, verse 18, I will not leave you as, orphan, as orphans. I will come to you. But before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You will also live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is a one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. It is so simple. It's not quite what, what, what I'm going to be speaking about, but, but I can't help myself. It is so simple in terms of what we are called to do. Um, I've been to so many churches and, and I've met so many Christians that I feel make it so complex. And maybe it's because I didn't grow up in church. I don't know. But love God. Love Jesus. Make effort to know what his commands are make effort to live by them. That's really it. That's really it. That, that's really what we're about or what we should be about. And, and I think sometimes we place obstacles 
in, in our path and we place obstacles in, uh, in other people's paths that, that aren't there, you know, that, that we are putting there because we're saying, oh, it has to be this or it has to be that. Um, I went to a church where they said, to be a member of this church, you must be baptized in this church. You know, even if you've been baptized in any other church, it doesn't matter. To attend this church, you must be. And I, and I just thought, you know, I, 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 I really dislike criticizing things like this, but I, I just find it very, very strange. I don't think this is what we're called to. Um, I, saw, I saw on, I saw on, uh, what was it, on Sky, what was it called? Not the God Channel. There was another one. One of these Christian channels, anyway. And it says, oh, that, you know, if, if you're sick, uh, you know, send us money and, and we'll send you a holy handkerchief or whatever. And, and, and again, I, I, I just think, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, I just think, love God, keep his commands. And, and if one of his commands is, before you pray for the sick, get money for them, then absolutely keep it. But if that's not the command, then don't do that. Do, do what the command says, as simply as you can. And I think that, 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 is, that is what is right and that is what is good. Verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and will come to them and make a home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Will remind you of everything I have said to you. One of the signs of the Holy Spirit is that it cannot contradict the teaching of Jesus. If I feel I am moved by the Holy Spirit to do something that is contrary to what Jesus says, then there is a problem. Yeah, if I feel like, oh, I've been moved, I say I've been moved by the Holy Spirit to start charging people 10 pounds for the thing. There is an issue because this is contrary to the teachings of Christ. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you, as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I do not give to you as the world gives. The idea here is that when we get things from the world, um, it's, it's, it's conditional, okay? I will give you this if you will give me this. I will do this for you if you'll do that, and so on and so forth. Um, but, but Jesus loves and gives freely. And, and I like this idea that he says, peace I live with you, my peace I give you. Have you ever found yourself, have you ever found yourself in difficult, challenging situations? You might be sick, maybe you, you can't find a job, homeless, you just had a car crash, whatever. You, you're, in, you're in situations that are objectively tough. Yeah, anybody looking at this will say, this is a tough situation. But within the situation, you are calm. It doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, there's a difference between peace and difficulty. You can be at peace in the difficult situation. Yeah, but there is something about Jesus and having relationship with him and having relationship with the Holy Spirit that gives us peace. That gives us peace in the midst of the madness. Peace in the midst of the madness of the world. Um... Okay, here's what I'd like to do. There's, there's a lot of context. Here's what I'd like to do. Um, I would like you, please, to... Oh, um, by the way, this isn't like a Sunday teach. You know, a Sunday teach, the pastor comes up or the, or the preacher comes up and preaches for 35 minutes and you all sit there and nod and you fall asleep and you do your grocery shopping in the back of your head and all this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. This is, this is a Saturday teach. Yeah, Saturday teach means that you're going to do some work as well. Oh, no. And... 
I'm an academic, so this is all designed around, you know, this is, this is basically no different to being in my class at university, right? Um, just you don't get a degree out of it. Um, but I might do an exam. So what, what, what I'd like you to do is I would like you please to pair up, okay? I would like you to pair up with anybody. Um, and I want you to pair up with somebody, ideally, but it doesn't have to be. I want you to pair up with, with somebody who who you feel knows you well, okay? Somebody who you feel knows you well, okay? You might have to move around. You, you, you get to move back in a bit, don't worry, okay? But I need you to pair up, yep? It needs to be clear who your pair is. If you're here for the first time and you don't know anybody, doesn't matter, just pair up with anyone. Just pair up with anyone, okay? I need you to pair up. I need you in, I need you in twos. I need you in twos. <laughs> okay. Yep. Once you paired up, you don't need to take your stuff because you're going to move back to your seats in a second. Oh, five minutes. Um, but you need to pair up. Okay. Here is what I need you to do now. I'm I'm going to turn this off for a second. Let's get this back on. Okay. So, in, in, uh, in, the, in the fullness of my, <laughs> of my generosity, um, I've decided, I've decided that what I'm going to do for you guys today is, so do you mind just shutting that door for me, please? Thank you. Is um, I'm going to put on a concert. <laughs> I'm going to put on a concert, a concert the likes of which the world has ever seen. Um, we're going to have a concert right here. So in a second, what's going to happen is your partner is going to play you a song. Okay? All I need you to do, they're only going to play it once, um, all I need you to do is identify that song. Now, other people, everyone's going to be doing the same thing, but people will be playing different songs. So ignore any other noise you hear and just tune in and listen to the song your partner is playing. They're not going to harm, they're, not, they're just going to play you the song. Everybody understand? Away you go. No talking, no talking, no talking, no talking. Just play the song. Okay. Okay, and time. And time. <laughs> and time. Now. And time. Okay, now. First of all, did anybody identify the song their partner's playing? There's no song called Gibberish, by the way. So if that's what you think it was, you're wrong. Okay, did anybody identify the song their partner was playing? Okay, here's what I'd like you to do. I would like you please tell them what song it was. Tell them what song it was. 
and then play it again without humming, play it again. So tell them the song and then play it for them again. So clap it out. Yeah, you've told them what it was. Now clap out the song so they can hear. So tell them the song and then clap it out. Yes, good. Yeah? Don't hum it, don't hum it, don't hum it, just clap it out. Just clap it out. Tell them what it is, but clap it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, second time round, second time round, I saw you nodding, for example, Jim, yeah? So second time round, when you knew what the song was and they played it out, was it much easier? Could you identify it? Yeah? For majority of us, some of you guys can't clap, but that's okay. Yeah? But for majority of us, yeah? For majority of us, the second time round, we could identify it. Yeah? Now, this is the important part. Um, I think most of us, I don't know if all, but most of us, we had a partner who we know very well. Could be a partner, could be a child, could be a close friend. You had someone who you knew very well. Yeah? And this person who you knew very well had something to give you, a song. Yeah? But because we didn't understand it, we couldn't receive it. But when we understood what it was we're meant to be receiving, then we could receive it much better. And so it is with the gifts of the Spirit. There is no point saying, oh, I want a gift of the Spirit. I want, if we don't understand what they are. Yep, there's no point. And it's easier when we have a relationship with someone. It's easier to receive when we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So everything that we're doing today, yesterday, today, and tomorrow is all built around that concept, that exercise. It's all built around, I must know who is giving me this gift, and I must know what that gift is. And in understanding those two things, then I'm able to receive it much better. Does that make sense, everybody? Yeah? And thus, that exercise, yes. Can I repeat? Um, the, the concept of what I was saying is that um, it is easier to, to receive something from someone if two conditions are met. One, we know the person who is giving us this thing. And two, we have some sort of understanding of what they want to give us. Yeah? So if we're here and we're saying the whole point of this is to receive gifts of the Spirit, then the two conditions are we need to know the giver, the Holy Spirit, and we need to understand the gifts. Does that make sense? Yeah? You didn't understand, you didn't understand, you couldn't hear the music, you couldn't value the music until you knew what the song was. Then you okay, now I get it. Now does that make more sense to you? Yeah? And so that's that's what that's what that is about. Um so I wasn't just getting you to stand up and go for a walk, you know, for there's there's method to the madness sometimes. Sometimes there's just madness. Um okay. Right, I'm going to, I said I want to contextualize everything. So we have different accounts. We have in different places, step back. The Bible is made up of different books, yeah? And different sorts of books, not just different books. You, you know, you've got letters, you've got poetry, you've got some historical occurrences and so on. Um, you, you've got these different sorts of books in the Bible. And something I think is really helpful is to, when you, if you're ever doing a study on something, is to see how it's explained or described or encountered in different parts of the Bible. 
particularly as well if you can see mirrors in the Old and the New Testament. Um, and so what I've done here, I'm not going to go through all of them, but what I've done is I've given you a couple of other scriptures that I think are helpful for understanding who the, who the Holy Spirit is. So you've got, for example, accounts in, in, um, in Acts. I'm just going to put up here. In Acts, Acts 1, 4 to 8, which is what you've got up there. And it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this, this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, what is interesting is that this is in light and this is in consideration of, of the Great Commission. So, Jesus is saying to them, it's not just about action. Yep, it's not just about doing. But that before they do, they need to receive the Holy Spirit. And I think that this is so important. I think this is so important. Let me demonstrate for you why. Uh, hands, up if you, hands up if you can cook. Hands up if you can cook. Uh, hands up if you can cook. Let me, let me borrow you, please. Um, can you can you tell me one one dish you cook? You see, everybody says they can cook, and then you and they say, "Tell me something you cook," and then they say, "A cereal, uh, courgette pie." How do you make courgette pie? Uh huh. Uh huh. Courgette, onion, tomatoes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm, no, 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 I'm going to go from there. I'm going to start, I'm going to start from there. Okay, so look at this. Um, I, I, I like cooking, um, but I have an incredibly sweet tooth. I have an incredibly sweet tooth. And so if you gave me all the time in the world and you said to me to, to make something, I would make my favorite dish, which is trifle. Yep, I, I, I have the diet of an eight-year-old child. Um, I love trifle, I love trifle. So I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine that you are cooking. You are in your kitchen and you are cooking, right? And I want to be helpful, yeah? Because this is, this is what the Sahel brought up, you know, be, be helpful. Look, I'm a good Christian. I want to be helpful. Okay, so you're cooking. You're making your courgette pie. And so you're, you're grating your courgettes and chopping up your onions, yeah? And as I said, I want to be helpful, so you put your courgettes and your onions, and I put in my jelly and my custard. Um, and, and are you happy with my help? Not really, not really, <laughs> not really. In other words, what I've done is I've offered what to me is good, trifle, yeah? But all I've done is I've actually got in the way of the work that you are doing, yeah? We can want to do good things. We can have good things to offer and get in the way of the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? If I want to be helpful, I must first understand what is it you are doing. Yeah? And then the second thing I've got to say is, how do you want me to help? I mustn't say, this is how I'm willing to help. Because maybe what she wants me to do is, you know what would be most helpful? Can you go and clean those dishes? Oh, I don't want to clean dishes. But maybe that's what, maybe that is, that is how I can best help in this situation. Does that make sense? Yeah? So we want to do things for the Holy Spirit. Well, we can't just get up and just go and start doing stuff. 
Yeah, I've got to know the spirit to understand what is it you want from me? Yeah, what is it? How can I best help? And maybe what is best to me in this situation, my, my cream and custard and jelly, maybe that is the worst thing. Yeah, when I make trifle all over the world, they eat this trifle and they love it and they think it's great and it's amazing. But when I come to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit looks at that trifle and says, that is the worst thing you could do right now. That is not helpful at all. Yeah, so we must know and have an understanding of who the Spirit is. And this is why Jesus says to them, hey, before you go off, before you go off and do anything, he says, just wait, wait a while until you've been baptized in the Spirit. Okay. So the rest of these scriptures that we've got, is this working? I feel like this... It just works on a particular spot. I've got, oh, okay. Oh, no. No, oh, oh no, I'm going backwards now. When, um, <laughs> when, when my eldest was born, uh, when, when he was a baby, um, he, he, he was sent to, to test me. This is, this is, this is why I was, this is why I was given this particular, this particular child. And, when he was a baby, at night, sometimes he would wake up and he would cry, as babies do. Yeah? But because he was sent to test me, he would not find satisfaction until the oddest things occurred. So I remember there was a night, he was crying and I wanted my wife to sleep. And so I was carrying him downstairs. And he was, he was crying, 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 crying. And I'm going to, I mean, because I've done the usual, I fed him, changed his nappy, but I'm still crying. So I'm carrying him downstairs. Um, and as I go down the step, he stops. Yeah? And I take the next step, and he starts crying again. So I go back up. And what I discovered is as long as I stayed in, like, this position, he was okay. He was like, you know, if you hold me in this position, I won't cry. But if you do anything else, I'm going to scream. And that's what this reminded me of. It's as if, you know, there's, there's a magic to work in this that I'm kind of missing. Um, you thought that this story had a point. It didn't. It didn't at all. You thought I was going to say, and the Holy Spirit, no, it didn't. No. Um, okay. So, so what makes personality? What makes personality, right? Because what makes personality? What differentiates, what differentiates, uh, an inanimate object from an animate one. Yeah, what what different differentiates a, a, a person from uh, f- from a robot or, or from a chair or whatever? Yeah, this this is not a rhetorical question. I'm actually asking this question. What to you guys? What would you say makes personality? How would you describe describe someone's personality? If you describe someone's personality, how might you describe it? Normally in this sort of thing, I would say describe the pastor's personality, but he's, he's, he's with us, and I don't know if you know how, <laughs> I don't know what people are going to say. So, so, so describe, a, what, what makes personality? How would you describe personality? Temperament, good, I like that. Someone, being loving, being caring, good, yes, yeah, so these are elements of, of one's personality, cool, excellent. Anything else, what makes Personality. What a shy church. Look at you guys. Cool. Yes. The will to choose. Yes. Good. Perfect. Really important. Actually, I think that that's fundamental to personality because because I think a large part of personality is 
that I choose to be loving, to have a nice temperament and so on and so forth. Um, because I could program a robot to appear loving, but, but it's not of its own choice. Um, okay, there the, are the, these different things I make personality on, the, the different aspects of it, and, and we are, because of something, I'm just going to skip ahead. There, there, uh, when do I finish? 11.30, cool. All right. Um, there are these different things that make personality, right? And so we're going to go through some of these to understand the Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is not a vague influence or a mystic idea. Yeah? I think it's so important that the Holy Spirit is uh, w- what I call uh, accessible, is an accessible idea, is an accessible concept. I don't think that the, I think, I think things of God are meant to be revered. Revered, revered. Do you, do, you not, do you know what it means to revere something? Yeah? It, it's to, to treat something as holy. Yeah? Things of God are, are to be treated as holy. And, and I don't want to downplay that. Um, when I was doing this, this teaching, this Italian church, uh, a couple of weeks ago on, on same thing, gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of the things I said to him, I said, look, before we went into our ministry time, I said, if you are not ready to be serious about things of God, leave. Not in a bad way, you know, I mean, come back next week, whatever. But, but not, not leave the church. But, but don't, don't feel obliged to participate in what we're about to do. Because there's something for me, there's one thing where we come to church and some have a word for you, share for someone, that's fine. But there's something for me about being intentional, about entering into the presence of God. There's something, there's something about it being intentional when it comes to ministry and prophecy and all that kind of stuff that, that I take very seriously, very seriously. And I think things of God are like that. Yeah, they, they are, they're holy. And we have, a, we have a tendency sometimes to not treat as holy that which is holy. Okay, so on the one hand, I want to, uh, I, I want to unpack and demystify the Holy Spirit, but I don't, in doing that, want to make him common. I don't want to make him unholy. Yeah, I don't want to, him to be this mystic idea that you know we're scared of and ooh and, and all this kind of stuff. And you know, before you receive the Holy Spirit, you have to close your eyes and stand on your head and, and you know, kill the goats. No, 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 no. It, 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 it's not. It's not mysterious, but it is holy. Okay, and and please, please don't lose sight of that. So, the Holy Spirit kind of does communicate and make Himself real to us. Uh, we can't necessarily see him, but he can make a great impression on our lives through our inner being. It's interesting to me that the fact that we can't see him for a lot of people, Christians and, and like, say, oh, well, he doesn't exist. I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine that I said to you to, uh, I want to measure the width of this room. Okay? I want you to measure the width of this room. Yeah? And I want you to measure it using a watering jug. Yeah? I want you to measure the width of this room using a watering jug. You're shaking your head. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I always hope for this sort of reaction, you know. My fear is that someone goes, okay. 
Yeah? I want you to imagine the width of this room using a watering jug, and you would say, it doesn't make sense. Why doesn't it make sense? Because you can't, but, but why can't you? Why can't you? It's not the right tool. Perfect. Yeah? I can't measure the width of this room using a watering jug because it's not the right tool. So if you um, if if I said to you, you know, measure this room using a watering jug and said you can't, and then I turned around triumphantly and said, ha-ha, well, therefore, that means that this room has no width. Yeah? You would say, probably, well, we could measure it if we used a tape measure or something. Yeah? People will say to you, this Holy Spirit of yours exists. Let me see it. Yeah? You can't see it. Ha ha! Triumphantly, they'll exclaim. Well, then he doesn't exist. Yeah? You cannot approach things of God using the wrong tools. And if you do use the wrong tools, you won't find what you're trying to find. And therefore, you may conclude very wrongly that therefore these things don't exist. Yeah? You, you need to understand what the right tools for the job are. So, here's what I'd like. We speak about the Holy Spirit. Um, we speak about the Holy Spirit, and we, we understand from reading so far about the relationship between God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we see Jesus refers to them in this way oftentimes. Here's what I'd like you to do. Um, I would like you, please, look within these scriptures. I want you to look within these scriptures, and I want you to un I want you to identify for me some personality attributes of the Holy Spirit based on these scriptures, and indeed, who we could say the Holy Spirit is. You can pick some random ones. Don't all go from one to ten. Um, you can pick some some random ones, <laughs> and then you can just make a note you know, on your phone, or whatever. But but what is personality attributes? What is, what is he like? What do we what do we gain? What insight does Scripture give us into who into who the Spirit is? I'm sorry, I'm just standing in awe. That is a a level of organization. I ask right, that is amazing. That's <laughs> amazing. Oh dear. Let me show you this. This is a chaos within which I live my life. It's just like, so this is all I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing, yeah. <laughs> so who is, what, what do we gain? What do we, what do we understand from the, from the Holy Spirit, from who the Holy Spirit is based on these scriptures? Oh no, I've left one in there. Luke, well, you don't need to do Luke 135. <laughs> that one's for free. <laughs> oh dear. <coughs> yep, so so who is he? And I'm I'm gonna ask you for the scripture. What is it to read the scripture? What is it from the scripture that tells us? Yes, sir. Uh, in a second. In a second. Thank you. Just one second. I like that, though. You, you would get a first class in my, in my class. 
Okay. So he's the third member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is. Uh, which, which one would you like to start with, sir? What scripture? Psalm 139.7, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Ah, uh, you lost your, you lost those marks you had. <laughs> Good. Yep. Okay, good. So we know. So one of the things that we know about the whole about the the Holy Spirit is that it's omnipresent. Yeah, it's present everywhere. This is one of the things that the Scripture tells us. Yeah, what that means, therefore, is that there is not a situation you can find yourself in in which the Holy Spirit is not able to be present. Yeah, one of the biggest things that you that that you that sorry, one of the biggest things. Let me. I said I preach myself. One of the biggest things that I struggled with. And sometimes do struggle with, but one of the biggest things I struggled with was feeling worthy. Yeah? Was feeling like God not could be, but would be. I knew he could, he could do anything, but would be present in my life. Because I looked at the measure and the depth of sin. By the way, uh, I, I haven't attended Bible study, Bible college, yeah? Uh, I'm not a pastor, right? I, I am not qualified by any logical, reliable metric to be here standing and speaking to anybody. I'm not, okay? If qualification is based on understanding the depth of the wickedness in man's heart because you have participated in that wickedness, yeah? On that metric, I am well qualified. That sounds really complicated. Let me, let me make it simpler just to make sure that I'm really understood. There, there we go. Yeah? There is no level of sin yeah, that I have not sung to and that but for the grace of God, I would not sing to. Yeah? I don't stand here as someone, and there are people who could say that's like maybe an ex-alcoholic who knows no matter what happens, they'll never drink again. I can't say that. Yeah? My sin is knocking at my door. I've got, um, I've got different tattoos. Um, and my favorite tattoo is I've got one on my leg. It's quite a big one. And it's a description of a scene from the Bible based on uh, Luke 6.23. And, and that scripture says, if any man would be my disciple, he must pick up his cross daily and follow me. And I love that scripture because it reminds me it's a daily battle. There's never a moment where I can say, okay, you know, I get to take today off. Yeah? The, 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 the depth of, of, of the wickedness that, that people can go through is, is, is incredible. Um, and this um, Psalm 139.7 reminds me that even in the depths of that wickedness, the Holy Spirit is still present. Now, now, this is where I might differ slightly. <laughs> Hope I don't get in trouble. What that reminds me is two things. You see, it's easy, the, 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 the soft, there's a soft and a hard. The soft version is to say, oh, the Holy Spirit is everywhere and therefore no matter what situation I come in, I'm in, uh, he's there to pull me out and so on and so forth. Okay, cool, that's great. But there's a hard version. There's a truth to that as well, which is the Holy Spirit is 
everywhere. And that also means that in the depths of that sin, I cannot hide what I've done from him. And that is a hard version. It's remembering that this is uh, maybe, maybe, you know, no one else knows. But, but he knows. He knows what I've done. He knows what is in my heart. That, that is the significance to me of he's everywhere. All right, let's keep going. Um, what else? So what else have we got? What else do we learn? So Psalm 139.7, we learn he's everywhere. Luke 135, we learn he's all-powerful, omnipotent. Uh, what else? What else? What else have we got? He, what, what does the scripture tell us? He's holy, but we pick up that he's saying he's eternal. He's eternal. The eternal spirit. He's eternal. He's eternal. Yeah? So we're not talking about somebody or someone or something that was created yesterday. Yeah? And, and is going to give up the job in a couple of weeks. Yeah? But the Holy Spirit is eternal. This means it is everlasting. This means that the Holy Spirit was here before you and will be here after you. Yeah? That's important. That's important for a few reasons. One, I think it's important because it keeps us humble. And humility is such, a, such, an, important, it's such an important thing. Who here works? Who here has got a job? Hands up if you've got a job. Uh, what do you do if I may? And how long have you been doing that? And it's Sarah. Okay. So Sarah's a carer in a nursing home. You've been doing that for four years. Yeah? So you've built up a level of competence, I, I assume. <laughs> I do. So that you get in there and you know, kick the patients and, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and all the rest of it. Yeah? So in other words, if I said to Sarah, hey, Sarah, uh, do you know how to care for people in, in, in a care home? You would say, she would say yes. Good. Let's look at, let's look at, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Every time I do this example, I always feel like, oh, I feel like I've led people into a trap. Ha <laughs> Because you don't know what I'm going to say next. Um, but let's look at, um, uh, let, using Joseph as, as an example, right? We see Joseph in the Old Testament, uh, he's interpreting dreams. Yeah? He, he does this thing and he's interpreting dreams. And he's been doing this for a while. And we all know, so I'm not going to go through the details. But the important part is that when he finally gets in front of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says to him, uh, can you interpret my dream? What does Joseph say? Anyone know? Anyone remember? Uh, not you. Boo. No, Robson. Hand down. Boo. No, this is a pastor-free area. Uh, what, is, what, is, what does Joseph say? This is, for you, this is for you to see, Robson, how well your church uh, knows scripture. This is it. This is, this is your judgment right now. <laughs> close enough, close enough. What he says is, is essentially, I can, I can only do it if God will allow me to. I can only do it if God will allow me to. This, this, this is the idea. The idea is that I'm, you know, anyone else, like Sarah would say, well, I've been doing this for a while. I'm competent at this. If someone said to me, can you teach? I've been teaching for 20 years. And yes, I can teach. Um, but what, what Joseph says, he says, hey, you know, it doesn't matter that I've been doing this all the time. My next step, I can only take 
if God will allow it. And if God will not allow it, then I cannot take that step. Yeah? In other words, the sum of his experience are irrelevant for him to what he's going to do next. The Holy Spirit is eternal. He's been here so far before us, so long before us and so long after us, that what we have done is less than half a second on scale. Yeah? So we can do nothing of value yeah, just of our own. And we need to understand and appreciate the eternal nature of, of, of the Spirit, of the Helper. Okay, uh, a couple more. Uh, Any more? 1 Corinthians, what do we get? What do we get? What do we, what do we take from this? 1 Corinthians 2.10. Good. So the Spirit, this is what's been revealed to us by the Spirit. The, the Spirit suggests all things, even the deep things. The Spirit, the Spirit suggests all things. Yep, so we know it's omnipresent. We know it's omnipotent. It suggests all things, which tells us it's all-knowing or omniscient. Yep, the Spirit knows all things. But we also have other attributes. Romans 8.27. Anyone have a look at this? Romans 8. Yes, sir. Good. So we know that the spirit has some kind of intelligence, some kind of intellect. Yeah? We know that the spirit has, has some kind of, 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 of intelligence. Um... 1 Corinthians 12, 11. Good. Yep, just as he determines. So he has an intellect, but also has a will, has a determination, has something he wants to happen. Yeah, has an aim. Yeah, we talk about the will of God. There is a reason for this. Can I tell you, by the way, this is why you must know your Bible for yourself. You must know your Bible for yourself. Because if you don't, anybody, anybody can come and... Oh, I slipped into my Nigerian accent there. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I forgot where I was. <laughs> when, I, when I get passionate about things, you know, my Nigerian in me comes out. You know, oh, no, because then I'll take my belt off and start whipping you people. You know, you don't really... We don't, we don't, we don't, you know, you must love God! You know. Um, so, if you, if you don't know, if you don't know the will of God. If you, so if you don't know the, 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 your Bible for yourself, if you don't know God for yourself, if you don't know the Spirit for yourself, anybody could tell you anything. Anybody could tell you anything. Um, two quick testimony. When, when I first got married, I imagine like every young young husband who, who knows no better. Well, I knew no better. Um, I used to pray. I used to pray every day. In fact, this was run up to our marriage. I used to pray fervently every day. Yeah? Leading up to this marriage. And do you know what I prayed for? No. <laughs> no. I was young and foolish. Oh, do you know what I prayed for? Nope. Well, yes, yes, for myself. But I prayed for one thing in particular. Money. I 
prayed for money. I was so scared about the future. I prayed for money every day. Until eventually, God said to me, you're going to win the lottery. I'll tell you the story before. God said to me, you're going to win the lottery. Yeah? And, and I remember, I remember this so well. Because I, I remember that I didn't tell people. Sorry, sorry. What am I talking about? I did. I told everybody who would listen. Because God said to me, you're going to win today. Not sometime in the future. You're going to win the lottery today. And I called my wife, well, my fiance at the time. I said, we're going to win the lottery. I told my friends. I told everybody. I was so excited. Um, and I remember I went to buy the ticket. And, and you know, I went, to, I went to buy the ticket. And when I went to buy the ticket, they asked me for the, the numbers I wanted to play. And I said to her, you pick the numbers. Yeah? doesn't matter. You, whatever numbers you want... It makes no difference. I don't even need to think about, God has told me I'm going to win. He didn't say go and play these numbers. He said, you're going to go and win, so go and win it. So I was like, cool, I'm going to go win it. Um, and I've shared this testimony with, with, with some of you guys before. So I went off, I played lottery. Uh, um, in, fact, in fact, such is my arrogance, I didn't even watch the draw. Yeah, you know, in the evening or something or whatever, they do the draw. I didn't watch it. And next morning, um, I check my ticket. I look, bam, and I've won. Yeah, brilliant. And, and I check how much I've won, and I've won 10 pounds, yeah? Um, which was not the life-changing amount of money I'd hoped for. But what I took from this was God had sort of shown me in that moment, if he wanted me to be a millionaire in that moment, I would have been. And, and that's always sustained me. I, from that day, I've not worried about money. Because I've known that actually, if God wanted me to have this, I would have it. But here's the important part. Here's the important part of that story for me. If I had gone to the elders of the church I was in at the time and said, God had told me to play the lottery, they would have said, no. No. This is not of God. God can never tell you this. In fact, there's some churches where I, where I share this testimony and they still say, hmm, are you sure it was God you were hearing from? Yeah? For me, there are there are two moments. There's some moments that, that, that I doubt afterwards. I think, was that God? Was that not? There are two moments that I never, ever, ever doubt. One, when he told me to play the lottery. Two, when he told me to move to Luton. These are both, they're both clear milestones in my life. Yeah, God said, do this. And there was no doubt this is what he was saying. Um, and this is why there's an importance of knowing God for yourself. Yeah? Because if you don't, then it's so easy to not know his will. It's so easy to allow the will of God to actually be the will of my father, I mean my biological father, or the will of the pastor, or the will of the church, or the will of my partner, or so on and so forth. No, no what is the will of God? And you must know him to know what his will is. Yeah? Don't let me, don't let anybody convince you that this is what God is saying to you if you don't have relationship with to know him first. Yeah? Yeah, okay, time, 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 time. All right. Um, Ephesians 4.30. Oh, no, 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 no way. There's absolutely no way you can offer that and then not tell us what the scripture says. Yeah? So, Ephesians 4.30. I think it's the one that should be up there. Yeah, yes, it's up there already. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of God can be grieved. Yeah? The Spirit of God can be grieved. 
there is therefore, if we want, a sensitivity to God. Yeah? There's a sensitivity to God and to things of God. Okay, so what we have here, uh, the, these are the things that, that I want, I'd wanted you to, to pick up on. Um, I'm meant to be stopping at 11.30, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for about just about another five minutes, and then I'm going to take a break. Uh, I just want to cover one more thing. Oh, actually, tell you what, even better. Let's have a working break. This is what I do with my students. Uh, when, when I need them to do some work, and I'm aware that time's up, I use this concept. That's a working break. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to have a break, and you're going to have a, do a little bit of work through. What I'd like you to do is really simple. Um, exactly the same exercise that we've done, I'd like you to do again. But here it's about the names of God. Yeah, the names of the Spirit. What does each name reveal to you about the Holy Spirit, about what he does, about his personality, and so on and so forth? And you'll find all of those in the scriptures there, in Matthew and John, Romans, and, and Hebrews, yeah? Um, so let's have a look at that. Also, let's take a break. You know, my voice is not something you want to listen to for too long. Uh, get, get some refreshments, use the loo, and so on and so forth. Um, we're meant to be doing 15 minutes. I'm going to suggest we do 20 um, so that way, I don't feel guilty for making you work at the same time. Um, <laughs> so 11.30, 11.50, we'll, we'll kick off again. Is that okay? Okay, wonderful. Let's see you then. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware.